Good afternoon, everyone. It's Mike and Alina. We're here with Practicing Catholic. Alina, what do we have in store today? Today, we are going to talk about the Mass. And we're actually going to break this up into two parts. So be Two parts? Two parts. Woo-hoo! So be on the look for the second part. The first part, we're going to be talking about the Mass Explained. And the second part, we're going to be talking about how you can get more out of the Catholic Mass. Outstanding. Well, looking forward to this great conversation. Enjoy here on Practicing Catholic. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for for being here with us. Well, that was a quick intro. I, I mean, that uh, it just cut out real fast. I thought <laughs> I thought I faded that. Maybe I didn't. Oops. Uh, well, you know, hey, we're we're still learning anyway. Hashtag nonprofit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So, uh, yes, today the Mass explained, uh, again, uh, about growing in our faith. How do we do that? And how can we become, you know, just stronger in our faith and with better understanding? And with that, um, I'm going to turn it over to Alina uh, to really kind of start off the conversation. All right. I'll do my best. You no are, promises. You'll, you'll be fine. I'm still practicing, too. All right. <laughs> so, the Mass explained here, um, I think a good part to begin with is the parts of the mass yes. you know a lot of people don't realize that there's actually four parts to the mass yes you know my kids are famous for asking me how many more songs two more songs that's right um, but <laughs> it would be really cool if i could get them into the parts of the mass but yeah. um as a kid growing up catholic you know i was a cradle catholic i remember asking my dad that same question you know mm-hmm. how many more songs yeah um and it helped you learn in an odd sense like the different, you know, the rhythm to the mass, the parts of the mass, you know, I understood as a four-year-old that there was still an introductory song, you know, and then we would have like the Psalms and we would have, Mm -hmm. you know, the communion song and we'd have like the, um, closing song, you Mm -hmm. know, I still do that like as a four-year-old, but there's actually like four legit parts to the mass. So first we have the introductory rites. That's part one. Part one. All right. And in this section, we are going to offer up our prayers to God. Correct. That's what everything in this section. So that's, that's, you know, from where we father entrant, you know, comes in. in, Yep. He processes in um, and he greets the people in the name of Jesus. Yep. So, um, and then Father's going to say his little opening prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to sing the Gloria and sing and say um, the Kyrie liaison, you mm-hmm. know, the Lord have mercy, Christ mm-hmm. have mercy. Um, and then we're going to say the potential right, which is the through my fault, through my fault, yes. through my most grievous fault part. Yep. Um, so that's it. Those, that's it. That's that's the part to uh, part one. That's the introductory right. Absolutely, and you know, there's a lot of symbolism in it. Oh yeah. Uh, first, uh, first and foremost, uh, again, if if there are candle bearers, when we when you know pre-COVID, you may have candle bearers, the light of the world. That, that's what they represent. The crucifer. Mm-hmm. The the young altar server who is carrying the crucifix, known as the crucifer, and and that is meant to symbolize, of course, our uh, keeping our eyes on Christ. Um, in our life and then of course then you have father's procession symbol you know emblematic or or, you know uh, representing the um the entrance into jerusalem um on paul on palm sunday and so there's a lot of symbolism there and to your point in the introductory rite which is the first part as you said you know again it is about this collection coming together and it's the purpose is to establish us uh, and to ensure the faithful uh, are in communion before we actually properly listen to the word of God. Right. So exactly. And um, just a, on a quick side note, we will have uh, links to resources from the USCCB and other, uh, of course, all of our other um, places that we we get our information on uh, on our website and everything for for you to to pull up and, and to use. 
Yeah. Um, so part two. Part two. Liturgy of the word. You know, yep. this, this is the part where everybody, you know, sits down and then we're going to like listen to the word of God. Um, and this is explained best as we're receiving our instructions. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to read two readings on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. During the week, you're only going to read one reading um, and then the gospel. So we read two readings. Um going to sing the psalm, and then we're going to read a gospel. And the gospels come from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Correct. And Father or Deacon will be reading that. Correct. And then he's going to give a short homily after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think you were saying that like the minimum homily is supposed to be three minutes. Three right? minutes. Yeah, that's that's uh, what I've heard in, in a lot of dioceses. A lot of bishops ask for a priest to, to, uh, to preach or to educate uh, for no less than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, you know, it's of course it might be longer. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, there's there's at least a minimum. I think I heard one time that the like they they've done a lot of research in that on it. Um, the perfect homily is approximately seven minutes, and I thought that was just really cool because like yeah. seven is the number of perfection. Perfection, you know? yeah, you know, exactly. Seven days, like we see seven mm-hmm. referenced so much in the Bible, and I was like, yep. God's a funny guy. No, exactly, <laughs> you know? and, and and I think that yeah, there's there's a lot of symbolism there, and it's it is kind of amazing how that does work out. But yeah, I would say on average, you're probably right. And just in general, you know, probably average length is probably seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them, tell them what you yep. told them. Done. Yeah, and and of course now throughout the year, you know, throughout the liturgical year, things change. Yes. You know, during Easter, we're getting um, more readings. Like the first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, and yeah. and so throughout the liturgical year, the first reading may change um, mm-hmm. per se, uh, or and even the second reading a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, because generally the first reading is from the Old Old Testament, Testament especially yeah. during ordinary time, which makes up the majority of our calendar. Yes. You know, again, our ordinary life and how we are called to live out our faith. That's mm-hmm. really what it means. Yeah, but. that's when everything's green in church. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and actually green represents hope. Yes. So anyway, uh, continue. So what's the next part of the Mass? Uh, so after we say um, the, we do the gospel, we're going to stand, we're going to say the creed. Yep. You know, apostles are Nicene, both are acceptable. Mm-hmm, correct. You know, um, and then we move on to part three. So yep. we've done the word. Um, I, I found it interesting that the creed is part of the liturgy of the word, yes. not a part of part three, which is the liturgy the, of the, the Eucharist. Eucharist. Yeah, the but Eucharistic it's because right. we're receiving our instructions. Mm-hmm. The Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed both is our Catholic faith in a nutshell. Correct. It's a profession of faith. And so uh, really kind of how, how you look at that is you have the readings where you're getting in, in the gospel, of course, mm-hmm. and then your, your homily. So you're, you're receiving the teaching, and the teaching is meant to bolster the creed. Yes. Okay, now we mostly mostly say, um, you know, the Nicene Constantinople Creed, uh, which is the longer of two at mm-hmm. Mass. That is um, typically the one that is uh, professed. Now, with that being said, it, it, it is meant to remind us what we're about to say. You know, we just had this teaching to bolster our faith, to help us grow, and now we stand up to profess it. Mm-hmm. And, and we get a lot lost in translation. Yes. So I believe, right, I believe in God. The yeah. Father Almighty. Of course, how it starts. Yeah. And the I believe in English kind of represents or brings around this this idea of like this cognitive thought. Well, I can kind of get my head around that. That's yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I can kind of believe that. Yeah. Whereas really, I what it believe in Santa. Yeah. I in the tooth fairy. <laughs> the tooth fairy. Like, it's just kind of wrap their head around that, but that's yeah. not what that means. It's exactly right. It actually means I will lay down my life for this. Yes. I profess it to be truth. Mm-hmm. And it w- it's absolute. 
It's yes, I believe it to be truth. And when we say truth, there's two kinds of truth. There's um, or you know, there was really big T truth and little T truth. <laughs> um, but big T truth meaning absolute correct. Yes. And it's something that I, like the disciples before me, and like the apostles, would lay my life down for. That's really what that could, I believe. Could you say means. that it's a dogma? Um, yeah, I mean, it is in, in some ways. I mean, because I mean, it is a teaching of the church. Right. I mean, dogma is, is going back to the teaching. So the teaching is that I profess this with my whole being, my whole So life. everything in the creed is considered like a dogma. Correct. Okay. That, yeah. That's how I always perceived it, you mm-hmm. know, like, because that's why it's so important. You know, I believe in one holy Catholic, Catholic and apostolic, apostolic church. church. Like, that's a dogma, like mm-hmm. that we were, we as Catholics believe that the Catholic church was established by Jesus Christ himself Yes, and that we are, you know, the original church, Correct. you know, established 33 AD, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's a dogma. Like it that's is. how it is. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, it and, is. And, and Mary, you know, um, you know, was a, you know, the virgin who, um, became pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. through the power of the Holy spirit, you yep. know, came down upon her. Like that's a dogma, like the yeah, Virgin very, Mary. Yeah, they're very, yeah. And it, exactly. And it's, it's very key that, and, and again, it's important because then these mysteries of, of the, of, of the creed then are then revealed in the Eucharistic, right? Right. And so that brings us to part three here. Yep. All right, so Liturgy of the Eucharist, official title for part mm-hmm. three of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's happening here is we're going to bring our gifts, mm-hmm. we're going to offer this gift, yep. and then we're going to receive God's gift. Mm-hmm. So, um, And again, a wonderful symbolism happening mm-hmm. here. And you it's know, all action. Yes, yes. This is so, I mean, it's just, this is this is where the, the magic happens here. You mm-hmm. know, this yeah. is the moneymaker right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is this is the real, in my opinion, like the, the coolest part of the mass yeah, happening right here the mystery um, the mystery is witnessed yes yes anyway. um so we have the offertory um yep. we take up the bread and wine to father who then takes mm-hmm. them up to the altar for the eucharistic celebration mm-hmm. you know and the altar just the i mean mm-hmm. we could talk about forever the symbolism of the altar there you know mm-hmm. the sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. you know jesus laying down his life for us mm-hmm. on that altar yeah. you know uh, because well and we can also talk even about the symbolism in the uh, in the offering yeah. that is brought forward and, and it, you know, with, with the gifts that are brought forward, that is what we're actually meant to attach mm-hmm. what our needs are yes. to the Lord, whatever we're struggling with, whatever we're grateful for, yeah. whatever, we're whatever. We're taking it to the cross. Correct. You know, the altar is the new cross, you know, Correct. like your, um, you know, Padre Pio had said, listen to the mass, yep. the way the Virgin Mary stood at Calvary. Mm-hmm. And that really comes alive. Mm-hmm. And during the liturgy of the Eucharist, you yep. know, right here, because we're taking it to the altar because the mass exists outside of time and space. Mm-hmm. You know, we are seeing um, Calvary reenacted, mm-hmm. you know, in real time, every mass, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just beautiful. It is. It is. And and in that, um, you know, again, so again, it starts with that offertory and then it really, uh, again, it's a section, this entire, this entire rite um, this part portion of the mass is all action. Yes. And then, uh, so we get into the Eucharistic prayer and this is when mm-hmm. the priest acts as Jesus did at the last supper, Correct. which happened on Holy Thursday. So yep. that was the first mass. Mm-hmm. Um, we changed Passover to Holy Thursday and mm-hmm. the first mass that was, mm-hmm. you know, what the last supper happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where this part comes from. Um, and I, I want to say it's, um, 
found in Mark Four because uh, we just did this lesson in PSR um, mm. because I have second grade, so they're preparing for their first Holy Communion already. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and so I love to show them like, no, see, like this part right here in the yeah, Bible, absolutely. like you know, this this is where it's yeah. at in the Bible here. Like, so there is no sola scriptura here, yeah, um, this is, but this yeah. is where. This yeah. is found like yep. it's word for word here. And he says, take this and eat of it. All of you, this is my body. And then he does the same with the blood mm-hmm. um, yep. or the, the wine. And then it's turned into the precious blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the communion, right? Where the priest mm-hmm. gives out um, Holy communion, yeah. um, whether that be under one species or two species. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're only distributing um, one species one. right now. I mean, and, in some parts of the country and even world, they can't even go. I know, you I know. know. Yeah, so, so I mean, and and again, like we've talked about it before, but um, if you are not able to receive mm-hmm. Holy Eucharist, uh, make sure you're saying, um, oh my goodness, it's uh, the my com- brain. It's the, um, a spiritual act of communion. Spiritual act of communion. I yes, you thank you going. so much. You're <laughs> um, I could help. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that and it's such a beautiful prayer. You're literally yeah. saying, like, Lord, I want to receive you. I want to be here, and I just. I cannot be so please give me those graces even though I'm not receiving you yeah. and should you have not been to confession should mm-hmm. you not in a state of grace and unable to receive even though you are physically present at mass mm-hmm. still make that spiritual act of communion mm-hmm. you know um, you know and 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 absolutely and and as you're as you're looking at the the Eucharistic right you know the the Eucharistic prayer um, one thing you'll see is the, the doxology which is to the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit that will often kind of come up. And so I just point that out that as, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit about more of that in, in our next episode as we were talking about how to get more out of the Mass. Uh, but it is present uh, in the Eucharistic prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout that section, you'll see to the Father, um, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Yes. But that's the doxo- doxology. It's just so, beautiful. It's yeah. just beautiful. It really is. And then the communion, right? So we're yeah. now we're now we go we have the opportunity of course to go receive. Yes. The yes. Eucharist. And um just to um you know, reiterate, there is um, no wrong way to receive communion. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, that's a lie. There's totally wrong ways. Don't be a Jesus chomper. Like, <laughs> um, do not be. <laughs> Some of the things Alina says just. <laughs> no, I mean, there is. I mean, you can Jesus receive on the tongue. Chew, like, yeah, he's, you know. <laughs> let him, like, you know, yeah. dissolve upon your tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, in my family, we receive kneeling on the tongue. Um, we're really blessed to have a traditional Catholic church here with the communion rail yeah. so we're not disrupting the communion line by any means by using the rail we're not you mm-hmm. know tripping up people behind us or anything my family just veers off and you know father knows us and he you know knows, we're yeah. able to do that um but if you know if you're going to receive on the hand make sure you know you're doing yeah um, like put your hands out put them extend flat, flat. yes yeah. make yeah. sure you are bowing no, when cup. you come up to um yeah don't cup it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flat flat like you're yeah. feeding a horse you yeah. know <laughs> you're losing fingers <laughs> People may live live in cities and they don't understand that reference, but it's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. But that's okay. That's I mean, <laughs> it, for, just... for future reference, if you ever try to feed a horse an apple or something and your hand is cupped around the apple, you are going to lose fingers. Okay. Put it flat. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Melina grew up in the country, folks. So she has, <laughs> but she does have all of her fingers. Uh, she didn't. I, I she do. Didn't, My dad doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's in a whole other conversation anyway so but but again yeah so this the, the you know the the communion right again you know we're receiving 
um, this opportunity um, to, yes, to yes. be. So be reverent with mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, Absolutely. and we, we're going to talk more about that and how to get more out of the mass, Absolutely. you know, but just as a side note, you know, really take the time. Um, Padre Pio, again, like Padre Pio loved celebrating the mass so much. I mean, he's just sure. a wonderful um, spiritual icon to reference. If you're trying to learn more about the mass, um, mm-hmm. he says, if people knew the value of the mass, Mm-hmm. The world, there would be policemen at the door to regulate access into the church every time that mass is celebrated. Wow, you that's know? amazing. Um, and I mean, if we if we understood the value of the mass, uh, we yeah. would, you know, definitely not be showing up in leggings. No. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, that or, or I mean, yeah, we would take it. We would treat it much differently. We than, would than than we do. I mean, we can become uh, very lax, and we can become. Um, yeah, I think a lot of ways we take it for granted. We do. And I, I feel like that's, again, like we talked about in our last podcast in resolutions, how we said um, t- good things that came out of 2020. For me, it was hitting reset on, you know, my spiritual life, too, for, for yeah. looking at the mass and actually missing it, missing being able to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, yeah. you know, in, in the physical form, not just mm-hmm. making a spiritual act of communion, mm-hmm. you know, made me long to go for mass instead of it being an obligation. Mm-hmm. It became a desire. A desire. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, and I think, you know, um, you know, I had that same experience, too, in that. You know, when, when everything closed down. Um, and again, different here in Missouri. Yeah. Um, you know, to our brothers and sisters around the country who are still in in uh, various stages of, um, you know, uh, I guess shutdown. Yeah. Um, you know, we're praying for you. And uh, we know it's not easy. Um, but, you know, you know that, that period of time where we were closed, man, I, I realized at that time how important Sunday mass was to me, mm-hmm. um, and, and to my, um, just my spirit, you know, my, my faith and that, um, I, I really desired that I had this desire, this, this understanding of, you know, before I saw it as an obligation, now right. I see it as a need. I know. And it's, it kind of flipped me on my head. I was like, what is like, yeah, this is just, how like the first Christians must have felt the first Catholics, you know, oh. when they were celebrating mass, like in the catacombs mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah. you know, wherever they were. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. like, I really feel like that's how they felt. And, yeah. you know, that's beautiful. And I think we're getting mm-hmm. back to basics there, you know, and, and again, for our Catholic brothers and sisters that are still not able to celebrate the mm-hmm. mass, you know, in the, um, flesh i mean your your friend um the priest at saint francis oh yeah father alexander yeah he's yeah. um His con- un- they're still not meeting yeah exactly yeah he's um uh the the pastor of, of saint francis hospital in a sense they have mm-hmm. a chapel daily mass and and yeah he's still not able to say daily mass there and yeah. um because of covid and understandable Being in I mean, the hospital, it's a hospital right, right. i mean the church is literally in the hospital i mean but he still has to say mass every day he he's says just a saying private, it he says private mass right he, he's saying it to an empty church mm-hmm, you know that yeah. just breaks my heart yeah and i think it's um you know, it's 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 certainly difficult for him. I mean, I think he's, you know, doing the best he can with it. And of mm-hmm. course, he's offering the prayers for for all the people who are ill, all the all the workers, everything right, like that. Right. But but it's different. You know, priests, um, they you know they they are called to minister. Right, and he's you know, an extrovert to, too. Yeah. Like, so I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he's really missing exactly that uh, that opportunity to 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 really share. Uh, and to celebrate the Eucharist with everyone, so yeah, um, yeah. So again, yeah, definitely. Again, the, the Eucharistic rite or the yep. communion rite—it's such an important thing. This is, a, is. the opportunity. Um, again, where where we we actually can receive the Eucharist and and um, really reflect on that and mm-hmm. bring some more, you know, and, and 
receive the grace that we need. Um, and of course, then afterwards, uh, we can go back to, uh, we return to our pews. Uh, right, so that can, wraps up like part three, that yep. wraps up the liturgy. Now, um, real quick, it is perfectly acceptable to stand, sit, or kneel upon returning from communion. Yes, there it is. There is not, those are little tea traditions, you know, depending on your church, you know, mm-hmm. what you do. Kind of like holding hands during the Our Father. That's, that's Little tea a, tradition. Yep. Yep. Some do it, some don't. It's okay. Neither one's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, my my husband has really bad knees, so like it's. <laughs> so he he sits. He, he sits. Yeah. That's fine. You know, yeah. he kneels during um the you know the Eucharistic, Eucharistic prayer, yeah. but not once we return mm-hmm. back to communion because watching him get down on his knees is just it's, it's excruciating gotta, for yeah. me to watch. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, yeah, you can sit, you can stand, you can kneel, whatever's best. Don't leave. Don't we'll get leave. into that in the second episode. We'll get into that later. Yeah, but. don't leave after um, the you know the liturgy of the Eucharist is yeah. over. Do not leave after communion. Yeah, don't, you know? don't. As Matthew Dude. Kelly said, the the after communion Christians, the first one was Judas. Yeah, so. yeah Judas, <laughs> Ma- Judas left Kelly. communion early. Yeah, Judas Jesus, left mass early. early. Yeah, exactly. He did research into that. So. <laughs> he did. He's the only story. person to leave. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, Matthew Kelly was right there. So, yeah, I anyway. know. All right, so that brings us into part four, the closing rite. You, you know, and I can remember being, you know, a, a grumpy teenager and being yep. like, you know, when they'd be like, what's your favorite part of the mass? I'm like, the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know? the end yeah. um, no, but I, I, I still I think about that a lot. And um, the end is just important. Like, do not miss out on that last final blessing. So in the yep. closing, right. This is where we go forth with God's blessing to share what he has taught us. And yep. in the closing right, Father is going to say his little closing prayers um, yep. and then give a blessing and make any announcements. And then he's going to process out. Yep. But when does the mass actually end? Ooh. Trivia question. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Tell okay. Me. So this is what I'm going to consider a little T tradition. Yeah. Um, so mass traditionally does not end until father um, has said like the mass is ended and to go in peace. To go into peace. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that it is appropriate <laughs> to though. run father over in the aisle. <laughs> right. Do not beat father going out of mass. Now, if you grew up with my Polish grandmother, yeah. she was going to tell you that mass is not over until the song is over. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, that tea. you you had an obligation to, you know, because that is participating in the Mass. Singing is part of participation in the Mass. Mm-hmm. So if they are still singing, you need to sing. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then wow. my family has always, after all of that, has stayed to say our prayers of thanksgiving mm. after the Mass. Okay. So even other families will say, well, no, it's not over until you make your prayer of thanksgiving. Wow. So this is this is one of those tradition things. It's a tradition um, thing, yeah. Absolutely. But all all are acceptable. But as long as you're taking the appropriate, you know, sometimes you know you do have to, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as father's gone, like you gotta you gotta go. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, um, I get that, but you know, try and try and we'll we'll get in more into that into and, part two yeah, of this part podcast. Two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think you know the the concluding right the the clo- the, the closing. Um, again, a lot's there. I mean, we're, we, some of us have escaped mentally to our shopping list or, hey, yeah. I got to get over to IHOP before the line gets too long. I know. Um, that's, that, that's, that's, <laughs> you know. that's any person with kids ever. Are we going out to breakfast? Mom, I was good. Are we going out to breakfast? <laughs> there you go. And, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, but again, um, you know, it's taking that time to, to make sure, you know, you, you listen to the blessing. And you think, you know, the mass is ended. Go, you know, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Yeah. 
Yes. Thanks Even those announcements are important. Absolutely. You know, things that are coming up. Yeah, please so. pray for the repose of the soul. That means please go pray for the repose of the soul of so-and-so. Like, yeah. stay a second, light a candle, say a prayer for them. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, so there you go, everyone. There, there are the parts of the mass, and and I think it's a great episode for us to to really sit back and, and share with all of you. Uh, again, four parts. Again, they are the introductory right, right, liturgy of the word, liturgy of the Eucharist, and the closing right. Pray. Yes, there we go. Yep. So there, there you go. You have you know the four parts, and it's again mass in a nutshell. There you go. Uh, with that being said, we look forward to being back with you on our next episode, where we'll kind of get into things that will help you. Uh, grow and uh, get more out of the mess. Until then, have a great week. God bless.